it's Vegas. The lights got to be bright. Lights are bright, bright in Vegas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the What's Ready podcast. That's right. I am recording from Vegas. So we got the sphere. If you haven't seen the MSG sphere, it's freaking amazing. Um, legitimately, it's incredible. So come out to Vegas, visit, see everything that Vegas has to offer. I heard that thing is like just surrounded with cameras, you know, so it's, it's watching everyone. Well, probably, but <laughs> I mean, where are we not being watched everywhere and Dang. monitored everywhere right now? There you go. It's 1984 all over again. So anyway, uh, there are some hot topics out there that, uh, is in the forefront of a lot of things. Uh, you see it in the news, you see it a lot on social media, you see it a lot in, in our, um, kind of, you know, community, and that is recruitment numbers. The DOD, Department of Defense, is not making its recruitment numbers. Um, in terms of all of the, from what I've seen so far, uh, all the numbers that I've gotten into, and there's no way that I could, I could possibly go through all of these numbers because one, some of them are kind of mismatching. I don't have the exact data straight from the DOD, uh, Air Force Recruiting Service, or anything like that, but. It is kind of telling. Right now, it looks like the Marines are the only ones that are not struggling with their numbers, or they're at least meeting just at, they're not crushing their numbers. But even that, that is eh, probably not great. So I did hear a rumor that all they did was change their goals. That is a way to do it, right? Yeah. You know, if, if I say this year I need 100,000 and I only got 80,000, uh, just, then next year, maybe I just say, okay, well, maybe all I need really need is eighty thousand, and then what do you know? I'm meeting my goal. Yeah, it's just a rumor I heard, so yeah. I, I didn't actually look into it. You could do that, and hey, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if the Marine Corps did that, and and any service is not just a, a spirit of the Marine Corps, but that is just kind of the reality of it. So I did want to say one thing, like right off the bat, uh, <laughs> and. If you are considering joining, whether it's, you know, Air Force Special Warfare, the Air Force, Marines, Navy, Army, Space Force, whatever, um, in reality, you joined us. We didn't join you. So if you want us to change to you, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be held accountable to try and change to you to get you on there. You've heard me say it. You've heard all of us say it. Hey, yeah, we need you. Yeah, we need you in terms of we need good people of character with all the Air Force Special Warfare attributes, you know, teamwork, integrity, uh, you know, all of them. But I'm also not going to adjust what we need and what I need and what, what the force needs to just get you in. So remember, you w when you're complaining and all that kind of stuff, you joined us, we didn't join you. Well, and it's not like what you need. It's not what, what you know, Jared Petrus needs from you. It's based on your 20-something years of experience and, and the Air Force's standards, like what is going to be required uh, to, to, to win every fight that we could get into in the future, right? Like this isn't, this, these aren't made-up standards. These are, these are standards built on, uh, you know, the, the, the backs of all the people that came before us that, that went through all these challenges and on all these, you know, fights. And so, like, it, it came from somewhere. It's not like we just have these arbitrary standards. Well, for the most part, right? Well, I'm talking about, like, like mission standards and physical standards yeah, and all right. those other things. Now, if you ask me to, like, justify, you know, no beards or the haircuts or whatever, I don't know. It's That's a totally different thing. That's more like a cultural standard that was adopted. But as far as, like, mission readiness standards, those those are real. Yeah. 
and and they and they shouldn't I say they shouldn't change obviously things can can adapt and and to what the need is but when the standards aren't very high anyway then like why are we making them easier so and i and i i know that that is a a blanket statement why are we making them easier but there's a lot of things going on to it and i and i kind of have a list um of of all the different kind of factors that the DOD is seeing, um, and I'm interested to see what what you have to say about it. And we can we'll cover it, but um, one of them that I I disagree with right off the bat is a strong labor market or a strong economy right now. Um, being that there's a good good job market out there, so people aren't people are able to find jobs. They're able to find well-paying jobs so that they don't have to fall back on the military. And and right off the bat, I've got to say, well, one, the economy is not great right now. Two is the military should not be a fallback plan for you. I get that there are certain things that happen in your life and you need to get out and that's fine. Like that will happen for, you know, that will happen for the rest of the time. But the military, how it used to kind of be a fallback plan isn't necessarily like that now. And it hasn't been for quite some time. What do you like it because it doesn't pay enough or it's just uh, harder to get in or what? Well, it's, it is more difficult to get in now. So that, so that's part of it. Like we have, we have seen more medical issues in terms of we're, we're very stringent on medical stuff. Part of that has to do with we're going to put, whether it's special warfare or whether it's just the military in general, they're going to be put in situations that you don't have, you don't, you can't always go see a medical provider. There's going to be, um, you know, long working hours. There's going to be strenuous lifting and that kind of stuff. And it's going to break your body down. So if you are already entering the military with, I don't know, a a certain degree of scoliosis or something like that, then potentially, you know, four years, six years, 10, 20 is going to make that scoliosis, just using that as an example, severely worse. Like it could create permanent things for you. So one, that's permanent damage on you, but it's also the VA has in the the taxpayer has got to pay for that in perpetuity for the rest of their lives. So it's like, well, it's it's also a money thing. Do we need to accept this person, continue to pay their medical bills and support this person for the rest of their life because they are already coming in with an issue and now we're just going to make that issue a hundred times worse. So that that aspect of it. What, at what point in your career did you realize how many things revolved around money? Oh, probably 10 years ago. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I just, I just, I remember the first time that I realized that a lot of the physical standards were designed to uh, keep VA bills low in the future, right? To like, you, know, uh, you got to maintain a healthy body so that we don't have to pay for all your problems in the future. Like, there's also the other things that are associated with it. But like this doctor that came up with the uh, the old Air Force BT test straight up told us, like, the reason we measure your waist, especially for dudes, is like, if you're really fat around the gut, that is a, a good indication that you're going to end up with like a whole bunch of diseases and, and problems in the future that, that uh, you know, the VA, the taxpayer, they're going to have to pay for. So I was like, dang, like that, it makes sense. And I'm not hurt. You know, I don't have hurt feelings about it, but it's, it just seems kind of cold and calculated, but like, as you move up in rank and you see how things work, you're like, eh, it's, it's a bunch of numbers and, you know, yeah. 
Well, I'm pretty naive too. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it is funny. And I, I'll say this while Aaron's not here, but, and, and he'll love it. But there are a lot of things that Aaron has said in the, in the past or, or even reacted to where I was kind of like, mm, I don't know, you know, but I tell you what, as the years go by, I'm like, damn, he, he was right way ahead of the curve, yeah. you know? And I'm like, Oh boy, I, I was wrong or, or, and again, maybe not wrong, but naive, very naive to it. Um, yeah. but you know, we've, do I really give a shit about whether people smoke? weed or did drugs beforehand no i don't really care i think it's crazy that some of the like adhd medicine that people are put on as a kid and then come off of that that person can't come into the military like that's insane to me um like that is a standard to me like when we start talking about adjusting standards everybody already talks about like physical fitness standards i'm talking about like right now talking about the medical standards that if somebody especially because in in the um 90s 2000s and even the 2010s we have overly prescribed things like it, it's not me saying that that is a fact we have over prescribed things so when little little johnny needs to be sitting still in school and the teacher's struggling with him and he's a boy because that's what boys do. Boys get, you know, we are we are boisterous. We need to move around. And now all of a sudden, hey, we're gonna we're gonna shove, you know, Adderall or or, or Ritalin or whatever it is down their throat, um, just to make them behave better in class and sit down, dude. And now they now that affects them, their ability to join the military. Yeah, it's weird. It's a you know, and it's a, it's it's hard not to feel bad for some of these folks that are like that. It wasn't their choice, like. Little Johnny didn't decide to put himself on Ritalin, you know, like, nope. and, and, and if in this era of recruiting challenges, like we can't be so risk averse when it comes to some of these things. I, I think there's probably a data set out there for people that took these, these medications for certain amounts of time. That's like, no, they can, they can live totally normal lives. They're meeting the physical standards. Why not let them in? You know, mm-hmm. like that they weren't running around shooting up with needles with their friends. Yeah, they were taking a medication prescribed by their doctor, forced you know to take it by their parents. And I get it that like we don't know, you know, there's there's side effects and all these other things that go along with that. But that person wants to join the military. They're physically fit in all other ways. Are you are you seriously going to tell me that this one thing is the thing that you're you're going to hold them back with, like that the the thing that they had nothing to do with yeah. as well? So like, it seems a little ridiculous. Especially because a lot of times they haven't taken that stuff in years, yep. but that one medication has been flagged and, and now they're screwed. <laughs> I mean, not, with, with how much we know now or we're learning as a society about how much affects your brain, it's like we're not going into people's gut biomes and being like, I wonder like if like what you ate in 2003 is affecting your, your, how your brain operates and your decision-making. Like, I just don't understand the reasoning behind it. You know what I mean? Like everything affects everything in your body. As far as I can tell, like based on all the bro science I listen to, like if they, if they haven't taken the medication in five, six, 10 years, like just let them in the door, take a little risk, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent true. And, and same with um, like vision tests. Okay, sure. Do it, do like at least the you know the 2020 2100 all all that kind of stuff uh shorten uh or long distance short 
distance, whatever, short-sighted, uh, that's fine. But the colorblindness, there's got to be some variations of that. I mean, I, I get it. It's, you know, because for folks that don't know, on the back of a C-130, C-17, or something that we jump out of, you know, there's a red light and a green light. And, yeah, okay, so you need to be able to see those. But at the same time, C-17s, uh, make sure I'm getting the right aircraft. C-17s actually have a parachute that is green and then a uh, red light that is a, a like it's an actual screen that says no jump. You know, or it doesn't say no jump, but it's got a, a parachute with a line across it. That's if I'm remembering right. It's been a little while since I jumped out of C-17. But Well, and we've, we've never met anybody that fudged yeah. their way through the colorblind test and made it through their entire career without jumping out of the plane at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, even people that are not colorblind have have jumped out. <laughs> well, that, that that's true too. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's a little but, arbitrary. Yeah. So I mean, but that's why I think that, and I I, I believe we're working on it. Right? There is a because right now we use a class three flight physical, so it's the same flight physical as the pilots do, and I think there is a new special warfare physical requirement being put into the works or being developed, but I'm not exactly sure where that's at. And if that is still a thing, it is, it's a thing. So it already exists. It's called, I think the SMA, something like that, but it's a little bit different. So like we, 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 we realized years ago that we had just hit the easy button mm-hmm. um, by adopting the, the flyers. The, the pilot's flight physical, right? And, and it covered most everything we needed. We just needed the flight physical plus, you know, whatever airborne standards were put forth by the Army and, and whatever schools. So looking back, just like looking back through like SEER school, right, is a good example of things like we're sending folks to SEER school for a certain portion of SEER school. Now, when they're out there in the woods learning how to land nav, uh, we that's kind of like a, a double tap in our pipeline and it doesn't necessarily make sense but like that's the way like things are broken up in the military and we're a small community so it's like okay we'll just send our guys through seer school and while it's not necessarily the best use of the students time it's the easiest solution at the time so like we're constantly trying to go through these things and see if there's an, an uh, a better solution a more time efficient solution uh, for everything that we're doing a, a more um specific solution for our community as opposed to just adopting you know the easy button along the way yeah um, it just takes a little bit more rigor and that's what we should be doing, you know, because we have, you know, as, as somebody and as a group of folks that has received a lot of messages, emails about people that, you know, have either been turned away from MEPS, you know, cause you got to do two, two visits to MEPS, um, for your physicals and in process and all this stuff. So, you know, make it through MEPS and then you get to, special warfare and you get turned around because of something that was either missed or something you failed or something that was found in your records, you know, and especially if you are a military brat and coming in, you don't think that that's, I mean, all that stuff is captured. Uh, It's, it's probably a little bit easier for you to, for something to get missed or hidden maybe. I'm not suggesting you hide things, but I'm just saying that maybe if something was hidden because that doctor doesn't necessarily communicate with the military uh, medical system, then mm-hmm. you probably have a better chance. But that also, you know, part of that also runs the risk of, 
issues happening in the pipeline, like undiagnosed things or things that you happen to omit from your record could affect you in a pipeline as well. We, we have seen that as well. But again, things like color vision, vision, um, medications, drugs taken in the past, like I, I could care less. I really do. <laughs> so, I think one of the problems is we know a whole bunch of people that have been in the community for a long time. We've seen a lot of things uh, and heard everybody's stories. And I think from where we're sitting, it's like that there's definitely people that, that had very storied careers that maybe like per the, the standard, per the, the written standard to get into the Air Force, they should not have been allowed in. No. And they, they made it in. We crushed it, and so it, it, I think it's easy for us to look at it and be like, "This, these are a little ridiculous." Because, like, with with a proper amount of motivation, like most of this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I, and I know you're purposely omitting their name, right? Like the group of people, because like right off the bat, I'm coming up with several names, and I'm like, "Dude, I know they're they have got a very very colorful past." Very colorful past, whether it was in college, whether it was in high school, whether it was post high school, just kind of milling around places like Long Beach, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's a fun place. I've yeah. Heard. yeah. Um, okay. So going on next on the list, which I think is one that, man, I really wish Aaron was here for this, but um, oh, no. quit. So, uh, yeah. But administration or political stuff like that is we have gotten several questions about people saying well i don't i'm not a fan of this current administration now this could be and i'm not saying just this current administration the biden administration i'm talking about we got those messages with with president trump too so it's not a it's not a one one-sided thing are you um, saying a hundred percent of the country is never happy with who the president yeah. is yeah i am saying that weird so I do not base my my decisions and, and this translates to people that decide to get out because they don't like the commander that they have or they don't like the, the supervisor they have or the chief that's in the squadron or something like that. There are people that have left because they're like, no, screw this. I'm getting out. It's like, man, a commander is only in the seat for two years, maybe three. There is no more than three years that you have to deal with this person. Yeah. So in, anyway. Same with uh, uh, an administration. I do not base what I'm going to do off an administration, whether it's President Trump, President Biden. Uh, I'll just go through Obama, uh, Bush. Yeah, Clinton. I think that was. Yeah. Yeah. I came in 99. That was Clinton before that, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, oh, the old memories fleeting. Bah. Yeah. But well, yeah. anyway, yeah, go for it. I'll I'll tell people like uh, personally, I am not someone that subscribes to like political parties, um, and I, I've been very like um, politically aware since high school. Like I, I was always into all that stuff, right? And when I joined, I I was not a supporter of everything that was going on. Like if you ask, like at some point I'll be able to come on here and like share my personal opinion about the wars and why we got into them. And if I thought they were justified and all these other things, but that wasn't the reason for me to join or for to not join. It was more of a serving my country. And then I wanted to earn my opinions. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I had all these opinions about the political establishment and the military and all these other things, but I just felt like if I joined, I would be able to uh, see it from the inside, understand what's actually going on. Uh, you know, check off some, some, some life things that I wanted to do and, and see if I was capable of doing those things. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't mean that I was agreeing with anything that I was, I was signing up for. Right. Um, necessarily. So I don't, I don't know if I've voted for a single person that's been our president while I've been in the last 20 years. You mean you uh, voted and they didn't win? Yeah. I, I don't think I voted for anybody that won. And I know there's a lot of people out there that, that play the binary Republican Democrat game. You know, they're like, oh, oh yeah. so you must have voted for this guy. It's like, mm, yeah, or or someone else. Um, so, I well, mean, there's, there, there, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. Well, there's also this kind of stereotype that all the military is Republican or conservative, and that's that's not the case at all. There's, yo, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but. You know, because you'd have to go through the records and see what everybody is registered as. Like, I'm, I'm registered as an independent because yeah. I don't subscribe to one party or just like you said, it's not binary for me. I don't, yeah. I don't go. Oh, it's all Republican, it's all Democrat, or anything like that. So, mm. well, I mean, can't I didn't, contain me. Yeah, I didn't. Arr, arr, arr. And anyway. it's a weird thing, and I and I get it when people are like, "Well, I'm going to have like these like moral quandaries." Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like you signed up to, to to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, and sometimes the things that are going on behind the scenes, beyond your control, don't necessarily line up with your values. Um, but it it it's nice when it is your decision when you're like in another country, whether or not you're gonna be more aggressive than you should be, or or do certain things that that may be out of bounds, you know, like and, and affect people that are actually where the rubber meets the road. So, you know, it, it it's a complicated question with a with no clear answer. Um, but like, here we are 20, 20 years later and, uh, the experiences have been mostly positive. Hey, I mean, yeah, dude, when, when, when you talk about a, a career, whether it's, you know, your first enlistment, you do one enlistment and get out at, you know, six years, you do 20, 24, there are going to be ebb and flows of good and bad times. Um, but the good far, I mean, like really, really outweigh the bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't, and usually the bad does not last very long at all. Now, that's not to say that, you know, when you, when we've lost teammates or friends or, um, you know, you, that's obviously something very, very different, but, uh, you know, having a, having a bad commander or a bad supervisor or something like that, that is temporary and does not last very long. And usually there are things that you can do to mitigate it. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the bad commander, I was going to say earlier, like it, it's different for like if you're like a staff or a tech, right? Like you get a little bit of perspective, but I have a lot of sympathy for the folks that join and you're like an A1C and you're if you have a terrible commander, because you remember when you were younger and like time like lasted longer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then, you know, it's the beginning of your career. So if people are like, man, I had a really bad commander, I got out and it was like my first enlistment, I'm like, well, that makes a fair bit of sense. Like you only experienced, you know, so much of, of the, the military. So, um, but like, if you have like a master sergeant and they're like, I got out cause my commander was a, a terrible person. It's like, well, it kind of just seems like you didn't want to do the job anymore, you know? Yeah. Cause you've seen them come and go. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially as a master. Uh, yeah. And at that point you have, you have a fair bit of a ability to uh, push back on stuff as you should. And that's one of the, 
glorious things about a senior NCO. And, and I think we're going to cover that in, a, in an entirely different episode. But yeah, man, as a as a senior NCO, whether you're the chief, the senior enlisted leader, uh, a mass sergeant, it you should be so vocal and be pushing back. Uh, and, and I know that it's a, oh, well, you know, this could affect my stratification. This could for, uh, affect my promotion. This could be, but you have, as long as you're doing the right thing and it's for the right reasons, who gives a shit about promotions? I get it. It's money in your pocket. It's, it's trajectory of your career and all that kind of stuff. But if you're doing the right thing and you're not pandering to somebody that, or pandering to something that you know is wrong, mm-hmm. then, then right, right on, man. That's righteous. Well, and I, and I think the, the the right thing always revolves around the people, right? Like you yep. have a lot of responsibility to take care of your folks at that point. And and I think that's when we talk about like the the positive experiences we've had in the military. It's because like we've been surrounded, like, and I, I get it that it's different for us, but like we've been surrounded by, uh, not to be too like crazy about it, but like the best humans on the planet for for a long time. And it's hard to 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 look past that. It's you know, so it's easy to stick around when you're you're surrounded by all the best people. Yep. And guess what? And and again, this is to those senior NCOs. You can't get fired, right? <sighs> you will get that paycheck. So if you needed to tell a commander or somebody to f off, do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to get chewed out, or they're going to call your commander, or yeah. or or you know, and they're just getting your ass. Okay, cool. Whatever. You're not losing money. You're not going to get fired. You might even get moved out of a, a you know, they may even move you. So then yeah. you don't have to deal with that person. But the problem is that then maybe for whatever reason, if you are, you know, kind of that, that protector, that shield from the commander to, you know, the, the people that you're looking out for, then maybe you're leaving them exposed. But like, at least, at least you you know, died doing the the right thing, you know, on your senior NCO shield. Yeah. That's yeah. why you got those. That's why you get, what do they call it? They roofs. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you got roofs. Yeah. Well, and, and there's, there's things you can do, right? Like if you are, if you are a person that the squadron cannot function without, like if you are valuable enough, you have oh. a whole bunch of cachet to like do whatever you want to do. So, and like, I, I get it to people like, Oh, I want to look out for my folks. It's like, but uh, you know, I'm kind of on the edge. It's like, well, maybe you work your butt off. You become someone that is so valuable that they can't touch, and then you know, you're like, I'm the I'm the captain now. You know, uh-huh. like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna get rid of me because then then you're just gonna fail. Um, and it's not always like the best way to look at things, but like if you're really good at what you do, it's uh, it's hard to get rid of you. No, you're exactly right. Um, been fired? No, I haven't been fired, but I have definitely told a lot of people to f off <laughs> yeah I and, and what once. here's what's great about it is when you do it um especially when you get more and more rank oh man it's fun because <laughs> they can't then it, it's, oh, it's so good it's so much fun <laughs> yeah yeah i think you and i have different styles you're like a tell people to fo and i just will just like do what i want to do well i i'm a i'm a get more flies with honey kind of person yeah like i'm i'm very much am and 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 i have not it it takes a lot for me to tell somebody uh to f off but it's it's happened a handful of times but it is fun it is. Uh, 
one thing that we I, we didn't cover earlier, and we probably should have just because I, I missed it, but obesity, uh, kind of shutting the old hot dog holes uh, for what you like to say. I did get a lot of text messages about that one. Did you? Yeah. It's good. It's gold. I love it. But um, with, especially post-COVID, but with so many people being inside, not many people exercising, uh, you know, dur- during that time of, of COVID, people either lost a lot of weight and got healthy or they got out of shape and fat. Um, so we are dealing with that a lot. There is a lot of obesity. There is a lot of obesity for folks that are trying to join. And guess what? You'd be, I'd be lying if there's not a bunch of obesity within the military, but they're at least already in the military. So like they're a step ahead of you, but like we are seeing record number of people thrown, not thrown away, but uh, turned away because of obesity. And all the and all the the medical things that come along with obesity, right? Even at a young age, which is what is super surprising to me, is how you can get old age uh, medical problems just by being fat when you're young. Um, I I think one of the problems that the, the way we approach this is is if you're if you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, COVID, that's why I'm fat. Like, you need to put that shit away right now. You are fat because you neglected to take care of yourself. And there's no reason, there's no better reason to work out than for yourself. You know, like, and, and we see this a lot in the military too, where people will be like, oh, I, I hate working out because I'm forced to work out. It's like, you got a wrong perspective. Like, you're not working out and staying in shape for the Air Force. You should be working out to be a more capable human being and so that you live longer and so you can affect the world around you in a more positive way for a longer period of time. And so, like all these excuses, like oh, COVID, and 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 you know the foods and all this other crap, like that's that those are just excuses, and just like every other excuse in life, including my own that I tell myself, they're all bullshit, and it's nonsense. And so, like if you're listening to this, like just get rid of that shit. Like be like, I value myself enough to be a fit human being. I don't give a shit if you're you're joining the military or not. You should be to be a better American, to be a better human, to be a better husband, father, you know, wife, mother, child, whatever you are. I'm not going to go into the rest of it. Um, you should be as fit as you possibly can be. You got a floor in your room, right? You got a, you got ground outside. You got space to move around. You have control of the, over how much you eat. Like, do it for you, and do you know? And that the, there shouldn't be anything beyond that. Yeah, there was a. <clears throat> I saw. I remember seeing a commercial. I can't remember if this was on American TV or British TV, but it was a a grandfather that was looking at. Uh, like his granddaughter, a picture of his granddaughter that he had on his nightstand or table, something like that. And all of a sudden you see him start, you know, get a, getting some weights out in, in his garage and he starts slowly working out, building up the kettlebell swings and, and stuff like that, you know, but he was just starting out. And before you knew it, and, and what it was, was he was taking the kettlebell and like picking it up just kind of like that. Yeah. And and he was training for months and then finally his, his granddaughter came to visit and he was actually able, you know, she ran to see him and he was able to pick her up and, and stuff like that and play with her. And it was just one of those things. I can't remember what the commercial was for. Maybe it was for physical fitness or something like that, but um, it's one of those things. It's, it's being prepared for life because yeah. Okay. You could train for the pipeline. You could train just to be in the military, um, but you will never know when you are put in a situation where you have to react, whether that's 
you know, to an active shooter, maybe responding to a car accident and you got to, you know, in San Antonio and you got to pull a couple of people out of a car. Um, cause that never happens. Nope. Maybe, you know, somebody, a car, another car wreck where, uh, you know, car flips down upside down in a ditch and you just happen to be a PJ and you go underwater into the, this car to get three children out, you know, that happens too. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of folks and I know I'm, I'm using cars, but th- there's active shooter events. There's, um, I mean, the, the, the situations are endless and you need to be able to perform. Imagine if you could have saved somebody or yourself or one of your family members, you could have protected somebody. If only you were in shape enough to do it, if only you were strong enough to lift something off somebody, if only you were fast enough to get, get away from somebody. And yeah, <laughs> well, rant. well, no, that's, that's one of the thing about one, one's ready, right? Like I, I've, I've thought about the name a lot and it's like, I think everybody gets the chance to be that one person to make a difference once in their life, at least. Right. And if you're not ready for it, then you're going to live with that regret forever. You know, like we have like all these things that, that we say on here that all kind of tie into each other. Like everybody's going to have the opportunity to, to do something, to make a difference. You know, like that, that saying about like the, the one warrior that brings everybody home, that's not the same person in every situation. Like life is full of a lot of different situations and you need to be ready to respond to whatever's happening around you uh, to have a positive impact. So, yeah. I think we I mean, kick- you just never know when that thing's going to happen though. That's the, that's the thing, you know, yeah. it could happen, you know, at the, at the end of a freaking retirement ceremony and at, at, you know, at night or a retirement reception at night, whatever, you know, again, it, it's just, you never know when something like that's going to happen Yeah, or you've got to protect kids or you got to protect somebody else. I mean, you see, you're seeing a lot of things now. Um, and it's because there are so many cameras everywhere and everybody's got a phone and people unfortunately are more apt to pick up a phone and start recording instead of helping somebody out, uh, which is sickening. Um, but at the same time, I also, you know, whatever. Well, it's, I mean, it's not just obesity, right? It's, it's everything. It's you, you can't get blackout drunk every night and be ready for something. You know, you can't, you know, you can't just be doing whatever, you know, like you have to like be aware of your surroundings. And so like your, your life choices, the living in moderation, the, the taking care of yourself, taking care of the people around you, like it's a lifestyle. And the, the, this, this victim mentality of like, oh, I have to do this because of this. Like, don't, don't think of it that way. Like if, if you're so self-centered that you can't, you, you can't imagine yourself being in a situation where you need to help somebody else because those people just don't matter. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you're, that's when you become in my mind, a terrible person when when you don't even th- consider the, the the world around you, the people around you, um, uh, when it comes to the, the choices that you make, so. No, oh, dude, that's a whole nother whole nother topic right there. In terms of your cards of, away, pieces of crap. But what's that? Put your cards away. You know? Yeah, yeah. cards. Mm. Uh, mm. We all fired up for a second. Let's talk about the economy. I don't know. Yeah. Now, nah, Aaron, Aaron's mm. not here. He's he's the the political political genius not me well i, I want to ask the the next one i'm actually not sure if this is the next one on our list but I, I have heard this in questions people are like why would i join the military if when i leave i'm just gonna have ptsd they're gonna send me to war wherever or conflicts for 20 years 
my body's going to be broken because these are all things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but wh- why would I still join the military if that's all I have to look forward to is being used up and spit out and being broken at the end? Well, I don't know if I don't know if you're looking for a specific answer or not, but my my answer would be um, not everybody is broken. Not everybody has PTSD. Um, I think, <laughs> oh, man, I think it is over. Man, I could get myself in the trouble with this with Do with my, within my own community saying yeah. this. Well, I, well, I when I say the the community, I mean the veteran community. But I think a lot. I think there's a lot of people that scam the VA out of PTSD. I think there's a lot of people that say that they're they're injured or they have you know ailments uh, that are chronic that are complete bullshit. Um, so there's that aspect of it. What that percentage is, I you know I don't know. Um, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. If you say you got that going on, okay, you got that going on. Um, does that make sense? I, I, like, I, no, it, we we talk about this, in, you know, amongst ourselves, you know, in team rooms and stuff. Is is uh, we we all know those people that are like they hear a car backfire and they're like, oh, my PTSD is acting up, and it's like, I get fireworks, cut those fireworks out right now. Yeah, they're they're. It's just like anything else. There, there are overly dramatic people that like the attention or mm-hmm. convince themselves that this is an excuse to act a certain way, right? Because of their single experience or an experience that like, they tell people that they had. And it's not everybody. So the, these, these things are sensitive because obviously there's people out there with legitimate problems. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to judge. But there are definitely people out there that are full of shit. Yeah. That, are, that are scamming the system, that are, that are trying to like, get attention by saying like... You know, I was out there doing my thing and, you know, had to do X, Y, Z. And now I can't hear fireworks or whatever. And then like, you're like, but that happened like 20 years ago, bro. Like, have you talked to anybody? Like, are you doing anything to make yourself better? But they, they just love living in that experience and, and getting that attention. I think we've celebrated it too much oh, as yeah. a society. Um, I, I, you know, hey, I... I applaud all this, the mental health stuff that is going forward and all the leaps and bounds and in, in improvements that we've made in, in mental health and in the brain and all that kind of stuff. Um, at the same time, I think there's a couple different avenues that are doing like all the avenues are probably doing something good, but they're getting something wrong. And I, you know, yeah, we're trying to contribute to that too, by having, you know, some of our, our, the people that we know that are in that space doing things, you know, you got, uh, Eric cousin from, uh, same here global. You have, um, Denny, I'm not even going to try and say it's like Cabrero. I'm going to mess it up. Boy, I butchered that. I'm sorry, Denny. We love you, you know, from, Yeah. From security halt, um, which we had a very kind of conversation about stuff too, you know, it, which I'm on board with, you know, you got, uh, Jacob Gorell who's doing, uh, marriage counseling and stuff like that. So we've, we've had, and we've hit mental health quite a, quite a bit on ours and each one has different kind of things. And I don't think one person has it 100% right, but it's also different things work better or differently for other people. Um, but I do think, and this is just me talking, I think that we have in a way as a society gone down a very victimhood kind of path with mental health and, you know, therapy speak or whatever, using certain vocabulary with therapy is, you know, victimhood, attack, safe place, um, you know. 
things like that. And it's like, dude, what are, what are we doing? You know, we also had Nick Kumulatsos, however yep. you say your name, another name, right? Yeah, on here, and he was like, being a a, a, a veteran, being a disabled veteran, being whatever is not is not a job, and it's not it shouldn't be your identity. Like all these things exist to get you to a better place. Like we had uh, Eric Ballister on here, right? And he mm-hmm. talked about some of the problems he had when he got out in the transition. But you, you know what Eric's doing now? He's crushing life. Like, and it's not like these things aren't like a little bit persistent in his life, but he's not just like drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels every night because he went through way more stuff than I ever, you know what I mean? Like he, he saw some stuff, but he's not using it as a crutch to be a terrible person or just to get a, a attention. He's using it as a, a kind of a springboard. He got past it. And now he's doing amazing things. Like that's that's the goal. The goal is not to live the rest of your life telling you know your single war story to people and and being a terrible person. That's not the goal. So, and that that is the thing though. Like you start giving attention to people about certain things and like all these resources and all these other things, and it becomes like a way of life for certain people. And that's that's not the goal. The goal is to to be better and to to serve your country after you get out in different ways. Yeah, or and serve it's your not family it's- or whatever. Yeah. And it's not just that it's because we have kind of perpetuated that and they, they do take on that identity. They, they almost think that they should be, man, mm. I'm, I'm supposed to be broken. I'm supposed oh, to yeah. be, have PTSD. I'm supposed to have mental health issues. And that's, dude, you're not, no, you're not supposed to just cause you serve or just cause you saw some shit doesn't mean that necessarily you should have issues. Okay. Sure. In life, maybe you shouldn't have to see, you know, dead kids or pull dead kids out of a car right yeah but you did and oh well like not oh well to those kids but like dude you have to move on you have to accept that and again you don't you don't have to be broken you get in and i'm sure that there are some people that would disagree with this but you can almost choose not to be broken you could choose to kind of move on but if you dwell on it dude i don't know I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I, I'm like a, you know, and I got, I, I said the same thing to Aaron and, and Eric Cusson from Same Here Global. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I haven't experienced some of the same things that you guys have. And they're like, well, that's not the point. You weren't listening to this at all. <laughs> well, you know, sorry, but I just, uh, yeah, I'm the I same way. No, you know, but I'm, like, it, it's weird because like, I think people get in their heads, and this is the last thing I'll say about, but like Hollywood, right? And I, and I always harp on Hollywood is like these people go over to where whatever desert we're fighting in and they shoot somebody and then they come home and they're super jacked up. Like, so like everybody's like, am I supposed to, am I supposed to be jacked up right now? That's what I'm saying. Like, and you come home, like I remember my first deployment, I came home, nothing crickets. And like the second deployment, you know, 2008, early 2008 timeframe when, when all this mental health stuff started to come about because there started to be like legitimate problems. Uh, but you know, like the, the pendulum swings the way it swings. I came home on the second one, like, and, and it wasn't near as bad as the first one. And people are like, dude, you need to go see mental health. Like my commander was like, and they're like, to be fair, like he was just concerned about me, but it's like, like I was fine after the last one. Like why all of a sudden do you think I need to go? Like, but like it's, it's encouraged to, to kind of go down that path. And if you let that path take over, it, it, it doesn't lead to like great things. If you just, you know, go down yeah. the negative path. No, I'm I'm with you. So, I mean, I'll, just to tie it back into the kind of initial question you ask is like, hey, why should you join the military if you're going to get PTSD, have a broken body? Well, you don't have to. Yeah, you could see some shit and you might actually no kidding be affected by it. 
or you could do a 24 year career and see some shit and you're fine. Dude, now you're cold blooded. I'm just yeah. kidding. Cold as ice. You know what though? Like, but you're going to make the best friends. Like I, I was at a, oh, yeah. a party last weekend and it's funny. Cause like, uh, my, my buddy came to the, the party and he was looking at like the little pamphlet for the, the retirement ceremony. And he was like, bro, we were only stationed together for like two years. You know what I mean? And, and we were never home. Like we were trying to like calculate how many actual days we spent together and, you know, at Fort Bragg at the same time. And it wasn't a lot, but we're like best friends in the world. You know what I mean? Like I would do anything for this guy. Yeah. Like that's the kind of relationships that you're going to build with people like in this environment. You know what I mean? Like, and I wouldn't give that away for anything. And, and talking to those guys is way more therapeutic than talking to anybody else. Cause you're just talking smack about all the, the all the good times and all the crazy stuff that, you know, you had to go through together. Oh yeah. But like, we're, we're not sticking around just because like we have to, we're sticking around because there's a lot of really awesome things that happen. And then when you get out, like, like people are like, what are you going to do when you get out? I had this question the other day, if I'm an SR, like, what do I do when I get out? Because combat controllers, they can be ATC guys. I'm like, okay, first of all, I know like zero combat controllers that get out that do and that, just become yeah. ATC. Uh, you can do whatever you want to do. Like your, your ceiling for, for capability and, and, and things that you, you know, you can do are, are ridiculous. So, um, you know, as long as you're hydrated, there's, there's really no limit to, to how far you can go. Oh, oh dang. hydrated with hoist maybe. Yeah. Oh, so hoist do is you a, get hydrated with hoist. I do actually. I got, I'm a terrible, like social media person. I got the, the shipment in yesterday. I'm like, I need to make like a, a, a video or, or a post about like, thanks for sending me more stuff that my kids are all going to drink before I can get to it. Oh um, yeah. As I was unpacking it, why it was right there. Just like, um, yeah, so grab one of those. What you got there, buddy? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. So, IV level hydration, bunch of different flavors. I got orange right here in my hand, but I've got box down there of like uh, peach mango, watermelon, all kinds of different stuff. So uh, it's great. You can find them everywhere. Yeah, you can go to stores and get them, you know, HEBs, Kroger's and that kind of stuff. But really, you should probably go to drinkhoist.com. Use our promo code OneDready. Uh, that way you can get yourself a discount. And then also you can get a little, you can get the ready drinks. You can get the packets um, of powder you know great on the road lightweight there's also ready to drink pouches too i've only had a handful Mm. of those but um i'm a big fan of the little powder packets just because i can be anywhere i travel a lot and uh yeah i can just go with it and boom i'm there i don't drink much on a plane so uh, i've got to play catch up and Hoist helps me catch up. So drinkhoist.com, promo code one's ready. And then what do you do for energy? Uh, Cardomax. It's another one of those things, easy to use. You know, you know, Sean is a, is a fantastic human being as well, which helps me out. Um, but instead of, if, instead of carrying around my energy drink can like 24-7, like I used to do, especially when I was Cadre, Cardomax, and it's, it's liquid too. So like it's, it's, it's cool because I can just dump it into any water source that I have, uh, a water bottle or anything. I can take it everywhere. I take it with me on vacation. My family, you know, between Cardomax and Hydromax and Hoist, we're always covered for, for anything that we need. We need to hydrate. We need the immune booster. We need, you know, a little pick-me-up after, you know, certain nights out doing whatever we do. You know, <laughs> Cardomax has got you covered. So, and it's, it's super convenient, and the flavors are amazing. That Wave Crusher, dude. Oh, dude, that is nice. I have to hide those from my wife. They're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are really good. 
Yeah. So I think Cardomax is uh, Cardomax.com. Yep. Cardomax.com. Promo code one's ready. We'll get you a discount. Um, and then order up on those. And again, the little packets, it really is the way to go, whether it's, you know, hoist powder or Cardomax's liquid. It's, it's the way to go. And they're so easy. And Dude. I hand them out like candy. It, and when you're traveling, like you're you're not paying like six bucks for an energy energy drink inside the airport. Like you got your little thing or or whatever it is that you're trying to get. You just get a bottle of water, or you can fill up your water bottle at the the water fountain. You're saving obscene amounts of money, especially in airports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at airports. Jeez. Yeah. The only thing you can do um, is like shotgun these things. No, no, no. Can't you shotgun can't? them. I can't. Anyway, I haven't figured that out. Hoist is one of the few things I can drink like in the middle of my workout and it doesn't like mess me up. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Where it, it sits heavy on your stomach? Yeah. Yeah. It just goes right through me. <laughs> goes right through you. <laughs> um, okay. So one of the other things that it kind of was on this list. And again, I, I kind of, I made my, I made, a list, and then I also used some some searches to see what some of the other things that I'm kind of missing. And one of them was a, a decline in patriotism. Um, now, I guess you could kind of equate that to uh, for for probably a lot of the folks that are listening. You they weren't alive when nine eleven happened, but on nine twelve, there were there were American flags everywhere. There were, uh, I mean, you could not go any place without seeing a freaking u.s flag right there Mm -hmm. i mean people had them everywhere that's all you could see and that was before social media so you're not seeing all the you know the posts or anything like that these are physical flags in front of people's houses on their on their vehicles and everything and that was probably the most patriotic i had ever seen america and that's of course you know 20 plus years on that's going to dwindle right but um that's what that's what some of the news agencies were saying was a a decline in patriotism i don't think that's real fake news i don't think there's a a, a lack of patriotism i don't think if you you read social media like people are getting worked up about everything like it's like oh we're more divided than ever uh people care people care about this country they care about what the country that they're leaving to their their kids and and how we're you know how we interact with the rest of the world and whether I agree with your politics or not, it's hard for me to, to say that people care less about America than they did before. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think everybody has a different idea about what it should or should not be. Um, but I don't think the level of care is, is lower. The, the level of action may be lower because it's easier just to hop onto Twitter and, and, and spout off your opinion or whatever it is, instead of, you know, going to your, your local elections that, you know, bleed up to your your national elections and actually making a difference. Um, but people people still care and people still love this country. And if all you're hearing is is you know your echo chambers out of New York and and Los Angeles, uh, there's a there's a whole lot of other country in this country that still really cares about America. So like, I don't think that there's a lack of patriotism here. Nope, I'm glad you said that because I I was actually feeling the same way too. Um, social media, whether it's you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or X. You know, if you if you go down those kind of rabbit holes, if you will, you you will find you know a, a dumpster fire. Like you just will. Um, but there are so many other 
silver linings and great things that are going on that it, it you know, what, what gets clicks? What, uh, what's, what's the saying on the news? If it, if it bleeds, it leads kind well, of thing. Same kind of thing in social media. You're going to get people fired up and the algorithm supports that. There are plenty of other amazing and great things that are going on that you're just not getting fed. These are, these are curated algorithms, right? Yeah. So, anyway. Um, and, and I think the pendulum has swung on that too. It seems like people are kind of like, Hey, like the world isn't necessarily falling apart. Like it is, but it's not right. Like, like people are looking around and seeing the real world is not the same as social media. And so like, I think we're kind of on the backswing from like mass hysteria and panic about every little thing and just people wanting to live their lives and to, you know, connect with, with people and nature and all that other crap that you see. That That's at least what I see in my feed, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, ugh, I get it. Go touch the grass. Leave me alone. Go touch the grass. That's yeah. I, a lot can be said. Uh, for just going outside and going for a walk or a hike, which you should be doing anyway, because if you're trying to join us, you need to but like Americans in general need more time on their feet. But if you, if you're planning to go in the pipeline, you definitely need a lot more time on your feet. So go for a walk, relax a little bit. If you're planning on joining the military, you need more time on your feet, like basic training, whatever. Oh yeah. You, you know. will spend a lot of time on your feet in basic too. Hmm. I don't no. want to spend more time on my feet. Okay, well, it's, it's a simple thing to control, and it's less stress that you're going to have to deal with while you're there. But whatever, what do, what well, do we know? Wanna. <laughs> um, let's see another one. Uh, sorry, the the list just updated, and I just got it all got thrown out. Um, two more things that we'll we'll hit. One is basically the distance to recruiting stations. Um, and we have gotten a lot of messages on this in the past as well as, Hey, uh, I don't have a developer in my area. You know, developers are regionally based. There's only so many of them to go around. Um, because that is a, a contract vehicle that, you know, if we were to put in every major city, a developer, every, I mean, that's, that's a ton of developers yeah. and that juice may or may not be worth the squeeze. So recruiters are in the same way, you know, the air force recruiting service is a large organization, but they are still, when you think of how large America is, and I know it's not large when you compare it to other countries in terms of like, you know, actual size, physical mass, but like we've got, you know, 330 million people, something like that. Yep. Like, we, there are only so many recruiters to go around. There are only so many developers to go around. So a lot of these folks are in rural places or places that just don't have the facilities or the personnel to support it. Um, so that is another aspect of the poor recruitment numbers. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's one of those things. It's, it's, I can complain about, you know, kids these days. You know, and, and all the stuff you that we give them and them, and them complaining days. about not being able to get to a developer, but also that's our fault because we put the developers out there and like we see it as like a, a net positive uh, to get these folks trained up before they even join. And we have like these requirements they have to meet before they join. We're trying to give more people the opportunity to train before they, they join uh, special warfare to get in here. So, you know, it's just, hey, sacrifices are going to have to be made even before you join. And that's just the way that this this system works. You know, and it's not going to no one's going to knock on your door and be like, hey, man, we uh, 
we talked to your like high school teachers and we really think that you're going to be a great special warfare candidate. So whenever you have time, we'll, we'll take you to the pool and we'll start training you to, to, to be this thing. So that's just not the way it works. So while, while I'm, I, I, I feel, you know, a certain way about people that live in the middle of nowhere and, and have a harder time doing it. Like that's the way it's always been there. There's not always recruiters in like small town, rural America. Uh, but a lot of people have found a way in and, uh, you know, if it, if you can make it, you make it. And if you don't, you don't. So. Yep. Um, okay. So the last one, and it, it kind of ties into, to what we were just talking about in terms of distance to recruiting stations and that kind of stuff. But, uh, in my opinion, I think that the air force, and this is funny because this is going to seem like a spear. It is, actually, you know what? It is a spear at the air force recruiting service and other DOD recruiting services is some of that is antiquated and it's very legacy. Like the whole, Hey, I have a brick and mortar location where somebody can stop in. Like, that's great, but that can't be your only way of getting folks in that, you know, for example, this podcast, how much pushback did we get from, from recruitment when we first started this? A lot. Well, no, no. Okay, so there's a there's a difference. Not from recruiters, right, right, right. No, recruiters the, loved it. Yeah, the bureaucracy has pushback. The people on the ground, as far as I can tell, were ecstatic that mm-hmm. we started the podcast. Yeah, there were other folks as part of the system or whatever you want to call it. They were pissed. Um, one of us got paperwork for it. I mean. I've been chewed out. Like before. I said, whatever. You got chewed out, paperwork, whatever. <laughs> like again, as a senior into big deal, whatever, right? But that somebody felt so strongly that we should not be doing this to take the time to chew one of our asses out and give us paperwork for it. Like mm-hmm. I, Yeah. It, it that is a very legacy mindset. And hey man, uh I mean, I'm not saying we're doing good out here because who knows, you know, we only got like 10 listeners, but, and they're all family members, but love you, mom. Yeah. Love you. But man, there are people that have a, we've talked about it before and it's, it's the, if you're a, um, you know, a leader or whatever you want to call it, somebody who has rank and that is supervising people, the people that are are under your span of care or control or whatever you want to call it. All they want to do is do a great job and succeed. And you got to think that maybe you're standing in their way. That's all I want people to do. Like all the, the senior leaders above, above me, if you're not helping me, you're in my way and I need you to get out of my way. Yep. Cause you know, and, and, and you'll, that's not, that's not unique to me either. You you can talk to a ton of other people and they're like, man, just get out of my way. Let me do something good. Let me do what I know that needs to be done. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's as a leader, your, your job is to maximize the talents and abilities of the people below you and to uh, enable them to, to do whatever needs to be done. And as a leader, if you come in there and you think that you have all the answers just because you're older, or you have rank or whatever, then you're going to jack it all up. Um, but as far as like their antiquated systems go, it's, it's, it is, it is frustrating, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the things that we get stuck on, like, and then somebody out there, please correct me if I'm wrong, but if you joined 
recently because you saw an Air Force logo on a NASCAR car, which I'm not saying NASCAR is bad, but if that's the reason that you joined or you got interested, like let us know and then I'll stop talking about it. But you have to go to where the folks are and you have to understand where they're coming from. You know, like you can't just like these generational things, you can't just blow kids off because they're like video games, you know, like you like, oh, we, we're not going to go to to where the nerds are. It's like, no, everybody's a nerd now compared to like the 90s when we were in high school. It's, it's a different thing. Like it's a it's a digital world. Go to where the, the, the solutions lie, not to where the solutions were 40 years ago. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a big ship and it's hard to turn it around. And I get that. But we have we're we're, we're an organization filled with people. People have egos, people have opinions, people have all these other things. And it's difficult for them to let go of their little piece of the pie that they think is important. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that they just worry about, um, like, I don't want to say the commander, you know, the four-star general that, that we're about to go support here a little bit, you know, but, you know, he, he recognizes it and he is like personally made it a, a, a thing is like, Hey, I, I see that this group of people are doing something good and it's outside of the norm. Let me go, let me go grab these dudes and freaking plug them into something that I have an initiative. I have like, that's, that's awesome. So it's, it's listen, what if, if whatever you're doing isn't working, then change it up. And I don't mean change it up by getting, um, you know, influencers that are questionable at best to help your recruiting. Just say it. What are you saying? I'm, I'm saying that if you're going to pick somebody who is going to be a quote unquote influencer on social media to help your recruitment, maybe you expand it to somebody who is more relatable than just a very, very s- small group of people. That's what I'm saying. You know, my opinion on that is if, if we, if we showed people what the Air Force is really like, and -hmm. if we just like interviewed regular Air Force folks and saw their jobs and didn't try to like dramatize or glamorize or anything, but we actually just talked to the people on the ground doing the work across the force, you know, and and across the military. And instead of like, I tried the, the Air Force fitness test or whatever, like, and I'm not saying there's no goodness in that, but man, if you just if I just had a camera and was able to just go around and like interview these folks and see their day to day, it sells itself. Like don't, don't reach outside your organization. That's filled with some of the most talented and best people in the world. Don't reach outside of that organization to sell it. It sells itself. If Mm -hmm. you just let it and like all these concerns about all these other things, like there's no more secrets. You have people on like TikTok in uniform every day. Show people everything that you can about the Air Force, you know, positives, negatives, all the other stuff, and just put it out there because you have people within the force that can sell it for you. Yeah. It's it's there. Like the, the the answer is there. Stop stop reaching out for this idiot that does this dance or whatever to to, to sell it for you. It's the the solution is already within your ranks, and you just need to put away whatever it is like, and 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 not worry about pissing off your boss, and just do what needs to be done. Like you have the solutions right there at your fingertips. And scene. Sorry. There we go. Right yeah. there. Uh, I got nothing else on that. That that was perfect. Um, so yeah, it'll sell itself. I, I mean, the job's incredible. The the military, the gr- 
outside the military, because then then people think that I'm pandering to the military and suck it up. The people, the people is what makes it. The people is what is a good time and what makes everything worth it. So, um, anything else on that? No, no. no. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right. Onesready.com. Get yourself some merch. Check us out on Spotify. Leave the, you know, they got the stars. That's all you can do. If it's Apple Podcasts, you can put the stars, leave a review, leave us something funny. Actually, you know, hype, you know, short jokes. That that works too. I love it. If your review doesn't start with who ya peaches, I'm not going <laughs> to read it. Who ya yeah. peaches. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you can get uh, a tackle uh, equipment and all that kind of stuff to help prep you can get some 18 alpha merch on our site pretty soon we'll have his plans up on our site hopefully um, still working through that not great at html not great at shopify building websites um, so that's why you get somebody else to do it there you go anyway so yeah check us out appreciate you guys joining us we're out here Bye, everybody.